It's time for Backstage Chats with Women in Music, where the stories and voices of female music makers inspire women like you to be dreamers, to be rule breakers, and to unleash your inner rock star. Podcasting from Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world, here's your host, Thea Wood. In this episode, we'll chat with two women who represent the world of audio engineering. You may be shocked to hear that women make up only 5% of audio engineers in the United States. Both of these women work at One World Theater in Austin, Texas, and are willing to share their stories from the female perspective of working in the music industry. Juno Black is the on-staff production manager at One World Theater. She has decades of experience as a music venue sound engineer, national tour manager, and studio recording engineer. She owns Juno Black Music, which provides turnkey audio and video production services for local artists. Willis Snow is an audio engineer who works for One World Theater and Stubbs Barbecue in downtown Austin. With a background as a singer-songwriter, she's also a music producer and the Austin, Texas chapter representative for soundgirls.org, a national nonprofit supporting female audio engineers. And welcome to this episode of Backstage Chats with Women in Music. I am your host, Thea Wood, and today I am sitting in the beautiful One World Theater, which is on the outskirts of Austin and overlooks a beautiful scene of hill country. It is a fantastic place to see live music, um, which I know personally, and I am thrilled to be here with two women who are on the team at One World Theater. Uh, Juno Black is the production manager for the theater, and... And then we have Willa Snow, who's the sound engineer for Stubbs Downtown. So, Willa, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. And, you know, welcome. Oh, welcome. Thank you for having us. You're very welcome. We're going to start off right away with the shakedown. And these are six rapid-fire questions that we love to ask our guests, and we're looking forward to hearing your answers. Willa, let's start with you. Who was your first concert? Paul McCartney. What was the first album you bought with your own money? Avril Lavigne, her first album. I think it was Skater Boy. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, well, which artist or band is now on heavy rotation on your Spotify or Deezer list? I have a lot right now. Uh, well, I was just listening to Bad Bad Hats on my way over here today. Oh, fantastic. All right. Oh, here's a good one. Which woman has had the most influence on your career? Katie Tunstall. And who's that? Katie Tunstall is a musician from Scotland. She currently resides in California. And she was the one who inspired me to start writing my own music when I was younger. Excellent. Okay. If you could have dinner with any woman, dead or alive, who would it be? Sylvia Massey. And tell our audience who Sylvia Massey is. Sylvia Massey is one of the raddest recording engineers that you'll ever see on this planet. Fantastic. Last one. What is one life goal you'd like to accomplish before climbing that golden stairway to heaven? Wow, I actually hadn't thought about that. I guess I just want to be fulfilled, have a, have a good life that, with, a, with a career that inspired other young women like myself. Excellent. Thank you. All right. Well, Juno, moving on to you for your shakedown. Are you ready for your first question? I am. Okay, let's hit it. Who was your first concert? It was El Concierto de Conciertos in Bogotá, Colombia, 1988. Wow. Being like the first big concert that actually inspired me to inquire more about how can you make this sound so loud? <laughs> that is true. Um, well, what was the first album you bought with your own money? 
Well, I think it actually were two. Uh, so I bought uh, a queen, uh, a night at the opera, and I bought, a, <laughs> it's kind of funny, it's uh, Europe, uh, which had that song, uh, The Final Countdown. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Which artist or band is now in heavy rotation on your Spotify? I've been listening to Amanda Palmer, which I work with, and I love her, and she has a new album out, and it's fantastic. Excellent. And which woman has had the most influence on your career? I think that would be, I'm going to name two. I know, I'm sorry about that, but Myrna Johnston and Maura Shea are my mentors in the audio industry. And if you could have dinner with any woman, dead or alive, who would it be? Wow, that's a, that's that's a really hard question. Uh, have dinner? <laughs> I don't know. I, I have too many, too many come. I, I I can't answer. So only okay. one. that's okay. And what is one life goal you'd like to accomplish before climbing that golden stairway to heaven? I would like to uh, do more uh, to encourage uh, people to embrace equality. Well, we're definitely doing that here today. The first thing I want to know is how you two met. Who wants to start on that one? I can start. Uh, Juno was good friends with a dear uh, music partner of mine. His name is Dave Badstubner. Uh, We met when we were in school together. And uh, I had just recently moved to Austin, and Juno was looking for some help for a gig. And Dave uh, connected the two of us through Facebook and unfortunately, I wasn't able to help Juno that time, but that was like the first time that we knew about each other's existence. And then I was working at a company called Music Lab as one of the audio techs there. And Juno happened to walk in through the door and I recognized her immediately from her picture. And it was kind of shocking. Like, oh my gosh, you're here and you're in front of me. This is so cool. And so that's how we met. And she would always come and rent uh, gear from Music Lab and we would talk for a minute. And then she saw me again when I changed jobs and worked at a place called Rockin' or Rentals and kind of just stayed connected with each other. Eventually, she threw a festival that she put on herself last year, about a year ago now, mm-hmm. actually. Um, and it was a really cool production. And her band actually played in it as well. And she needed somebody to run monitors. And she very kindly asked me to run the monitors for her. And she liked my work enough to ask me to come and work for her here. Okay. Now, speaking of bands, um, I was doing a little research on you, and it sounds like you started your musical path with what you called a band that didn't have a clue. That's correct. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that, that's, that's kind of like uh, what brought me to do sound. Because, uh, you know, we were 15, 16, and I played the keyboards, and nobody understood what we were doing in in our city, or very few people did. So you clang to the people. And being a woman is always different, and it's hard in in this industry, especially at that time and and beginning, you know. So I kind of, like, uh, crawled my way up to learn more and be able to communicate exactly what I wanted and what I needed, uh, specifically. So they couldn't, there was no chance that they could say, oh, you don't know. You know, like they, they will understand that I understand and I know. And that's what I wanted. And that's what brought me to do this, yes. And you moved here from Colombia. How old were you when you moved to the United States? Well, actually, uh, I, I was, uh, that was 2000. So I was already 23 when I moved to America, yes. 
And were you already interested in music and playing music before, you know, you got on the road with the band? Yes, yes, I've been doing this for a long time. I, I, I started when I was like 15 playing, and then like I started doing sound when I was 17. So that's 1996. Like, uh, I'm, I'm giving away my age, but like, <laughs> uh, uh, yes, it's been a long time. I, I've been doing this pretty much all my life. Well, I, you know, speaking of uh, Latina women and uh, Latin music, there was a big announcement that came out from Forbes in January that said uh, Latin music has grown so much now in the United States that uh, its market share has now surpassed country music and EDM. And that means that they're holding about 9.4% of the U.S. market share. Are you seeing these trends in the lists of bands that you're seeing coming through Austin and who you're working with, with your Juno Black music production company? There, there is definitely an, an increase. Uh, for me, it's kind of difficult to gauge because, like, I've been involved with Latin music for so long. And I kind of, I kind of, it's funny because when I moved to America, I wanted to get away from it. And it seems like it followed me. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's definitely like like the awareness of different uh, styles. But at the same time, it's all music. It all comes from Africa. So and there you we, have it. <laughs> what can we do, you know? Well, I would think, and this to me is pretty exciting, that with your music production company, that being able to speak Spanish and relate to the Latin music creators, that this kind of gives you a little bit of a leg up. Uh, for people coming into the industry. Do you think that that gives you kind of an advantage here? Uh, it has, yeah. I mean, I, I speak five languages, so so that has been really helpful throughout my career. Uh, surprisingly, here in Austin, I feel that uh, it's less than in other places. Like, I lived nine years in New York, and it was really helpful there because there's so much more uh, transient uh, movement in the music industry there. Uh, so it was more helpful there, I feel. But I do see the trend of uh, expanding awareness uh, uh, within the Anglo uh, audience in America. Well, good. Yeah, I think it's kind of an interesting direction that we're going to see more of going forward. So Willa, uh, now, and, and I know that we had a, quite a few people from Latin America in South by Southwest 2019, which I attended and you all attended. And I, first of all, I, I read an article that you wrote, I think it was in 2016 about your, I think it was your first experience with South by Southwest. And, uh, I, I wanted to ask you what the differences were between what you experienced at South by Southwest in 2016 versus 2019. They're vastly different at this point. In 2016, I was helping a couple friends of mine with their personal showcases. It was just two friends. We had a synth table, two guitars, and two vocals. It was really easy. Um, And they just had me manage their social media, help them load the gear in and out, and then I would coordinate with the events people at each venue that we were uh, performing in and talk with the audio engineers, let them know what audio needs that we needed and uh, discuss with the promoters, let them know that we were there and, you know, where can we store things, whatnot, and I sold merch. So I did a little bit of everything. And that was the first time I'd ever been in Texas, first time I'd ever gone to South By or attended a festival or even worked a festival like that before. Um, and it was a really fun, interesting experience because it opened my mind to um, 
what else I could do. At the time, I was just recording. I didn't want to do anything else. I'd never done anything else before. And then having this experience just kind of opened up a small window of like, oh, this was really cool. I handled this really well. I wonder what, what I could do with this. And ended up moving to Austin shortly after. <laughs> From California, right? From California, yes, ma'am. So 2019, skipping forward... Complete 180 from where I was. At the time, I hated live sound. It was big and loud and scary and unpredictable, whereas in the studio, it's nice and quiet. It's very womb-like, a lot of creative fostering. Live just seems crazy and insane and stressful and not anything I wanted to deal with ever. Uh, And I I like to joke that live audio kind of dragged me in kicking and screaming because I hated it the whole time. And now, in 2019... It is my whole life. It is my career. <laughs> I have an X32 currently sitting in my living room so I can put multi-tracks through it in practice. It has gone that insane for me. Well, it just goes to show you never know where life's experiences are going to take you. Um, I do know that I saw some postings on Instagram of you playing around South by, and it sounds like you've got some new female acts that uh, you were enjoying. Can you... Uh, drop a few names for us and who you were loving while you were there. I certainly can. I ended up working uh, the Sure Bedroom Sessions event upstairs at Antone's uh, this past South By, and it was so fun. The events team were straight up pros. Everything was really well organized. Uh, and of course, Sure, are, I have some friends who work for the company, and every single person that I meet who works for Sure is just an amazing human being and wildly talented and smart and fun to work with. And the bands that they booked were just stellar act after stellar act after stellar freaking act. It was awesome. Uh, My personal favorite was a band from Glasgow, Scotland called Lucia. And there's a serendipitous story if I might share that. Please. Okay. So last year I was working at a small rental store called Rock and Roll Rentals here in Austin. And of course during South by we get people from all over the world coming to play. And we rented music gear. And there was a Scottish dude who was really, really nice, came in. He had rented a Stratocaster guitar from us, and he was working with me. And he loved the guitar so much that he wanted to buy it, but he had another showcase that he needed to play before he could bring the, car, the guitar in to be appraised for pricing and whatnot. And uh, he was a really sweet guy, um, just really passionate about purchasing this guitar. So I held the store open for him a few extra minutes so that they could make it back to the store from downtown so that they could purchase the guitar and a case for it to bring it back to Scotland with them. Uh, And this was a year ago. Uh, On Friday morning, it's, you know, sound check time for all the bands I'm going to be working with for the day at Sure. And this band steps up, and this one dude looks really familiar. And his voice sounds really familiar to me. And I cannot, for the life of me, place it. Um, So I keep working, and we have sound check, and it's awesome. And it dawned on me. So I go up to him and I'm like, hey, were you guys here last year? And he said, yes, we were. And I'm like, okay, cool. Did you rent any gear? Yeah, we did. We weren't able to bring anything. Cool, cool. Uh, Did you rent a guitar and then buy it? He's like, yes. (laughs) And both of us just started screaming at each other. It was so fun. And we really enjoyed working together so much. They were like blood boiling, skin crawling rock and roll. They're awesome. They're my favorite kind. Oh my God, they're amazing. (laughs) Awesome story. I love it. Well, and also I think another fun story is that Juno and I were both at an all-female showcase that happened on Sunday, um, kind of on the outskirts of South by Southwest. But um, 
it was uh, the thing that made me laugh is it was an all female showcase that was at a club called the Iron Bear, which <laughs> is a gay men's club, and you can take it from there. Um, but <laughs> audience members, so it was kind of funny to see all of these female acts coming into this club, and uh, everybody had such a good time, and it was a truly. A, a gamut of types of talent that were there. What were some of, what was some of your favorite moments from that day? And um, who do we have to look forward to? Well, I, I really want to de- do a, a shout out for uh, Danny Mary, who put the showcase together and she did a wonderful job, like uh, curating the whole, the whole event. You know, I tried to help as much, but it, yeah, it was funny that it was at the Iron Bear. Like, you know, it's, it's <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I mean, Angela Sheik was fantastic. A, um, a teen was really good. Like there were like several and, and it really, I mean, that's the kind of event that I, that I strive for and I want to help out uh, is events that support uh, upcoming women artists. It's very important. Uh, to have more of those. And again, shout out to Danny. Absolutely. And I think that another thing um, that we can take away from that event too, that I'm not super familiar with and is still part of like the sound girl thing is looping, looping artists. Um, You mentioned Angela Sheik. And do you see people, more people coming in to Juno Black Music who are doing this type of creative work with, you know, working with sound? Well, looping technology has grown, uh, and uh, quality-wise, it's easier. And it's been like about five or six years uh, that the technology has become affordable enough for artists to do. And it gives an opportunity for a single artist to create these atmospheric tracks live. And and it's very, very impressive what people have uh, done with it. Um, I'm more of a traditionalist in my style of recording. I I, I, uh, adhere more to like uh, kind of like a Don Was uh, thinking in which less is more. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm really impressed with some of the uh, things. And Angela was fantastic doing that for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, another thing that I wanted to talk about, we had brought up your Instagram earlier, and you are pretty active on your social media, which I think is fantastic because seeing women out there doing this work is how we get the word out that these are options for women who are interested in music. Um, I also talk to artists who have problems with trolls and some, you know, bad feedback and people who aren't really supportive. And I'm wondering what your experience is with people coming across your posts and um, if you've ever had anything that has concerned you or if things have been, you know, pretty much on the up and up. Well, so far, I think I'm too small to get the honor of being trolled. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm doing okay on that friend. Thankfully, uh, most of my audience are personal friends or bands that I've worked with. Um, or folks in town that are, that are industry here or, or that I've interfaced with at NAM, or wherever else I've, I've worked or been with. Uh, so thankfully, it's been all very positive and kind of a community-building tool for me. And I always try to strategically use my hashtags to draw attention to women in music. Like I always tag you know, female tech, sound girls, women in music, something to that effect. I prefer to focus on the talent that's on my stage 
rather than like look at me like look at this artist that is on my stage right now that I get to work with they're they're amazing and they deserve that exposure and at the same time also check out my mix it's pretty good so (laughs) I love it and you know do you still get up to New York I do. Yeah, I, I, I try to go there at least once a year. I, every year I'll, I'll be at least once in New York, at least once in L.A. Like, I, I don't know, like you have a lot of contacts uh, over the years and uh, it's helpful to keep those. I go to the conferences, so the AES conference or NAM or, uh, you know, any of the, the teaching moments that uh, you can go and interact with people uh, that have been more time uh, in the industry and learn from them and also like teach and, and keep the, the ball rolling for the newer people and show other people that, you know, we, we have a opportunities and you can create those opportunities and you can, if you keep going with your dream, you will achieve something for yourself. So it's important. I agree. And I also would like to commend both of you for working with soundgirls.org. Yay. Fist bumps all around. For those of you who are new to Backstage Chats uh, with Women in Music, we are a nonprofit and a foundation, and I am very excited to announce that we are in a strategic alliance with soundgirls.org on a national level, and we've worked with Carrie Keys and are working toward a scholarship grant that will send 20 girls to sound camp. And yay, that's awesome. That's really good. Yeah. So um, I'm very honored that you're representing here in Austin, in the Austin chapter. And um, I I would like to actually ask if you have any tips or advice for women who are thinking about this as a career, Juno. Yeah, definitely trusting yourself. I like that one. That's easy. And you, Willa? Yeah, right in line with Juno's advice. Like if you if something piques your interest, follow it and ask questions. Always ask questions. It's better to ask than not and just enjoy the ride. Absolutely. And I think that uh, I would also like to share with the audience that if you are interested in learning more about soundgirls.org, that is indeed the URL. And you can go check it out. Not only do they have sound camps for young women, but they also have um, mentorship programs. They've got resources, educational pieces, uh, blog posts, exposés on people who from all over the country. And um, it's a way in an industry where depending on your source, has between 2 and 5% of all audio engineers as females. I mean, that's we can do better than that. And I commend founder Carrie Keys for putting this all together so that sound girls can reach each other in different markets, especially if you're in a really small market, being able to connect with people who are in Austin or New York or L.A. or what have you makes you feel like you're not alone. I would like to start winding up the interview with a question about maybe one of your most memorable road experiences or performance experiences. I'm going to start with you, Willa. I'm going to need a minute to think about that. I know there are probably so many. (laughs) Most memorable. My goodness. Uh, I, I just started touring myself. I recently got the opportunity to be the assistant stage manager for a choir and that was quite the learning experience because it, it uh, allowed me to kind of stretch a little bit and see what other skill sets that I have and what needs to be developed. 
because it wasn't an, a primarily audio position. It was a stage management position. Uh, and I did assist in micing everybody with headset mics and making sure everything was working well and assisting the monitor engineer. Um, but primarily my duties were all involving around being a Sherpa, making sure the singers know where they're, where they're going to be and making sure the conductor has his private space to himself and uh, that all of the texts eat and we're sufficiently caffeinated and making sure merch gets to where it needs to go. So that was a really cool learning experience of, of overall three weeks. And how many people are in the choir? 36. Wow, that's a lot of people to mic. Yes. Well, I mean, 30 singers and then a six-person orchestra. So yes, lots of mics. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of fun, though. And how about you, Juno? Is, is there anything in particular that really stands out in your experiences of being on the road or, or being in-house and recording a performance? Well, there's so many. There's always something happening. But uh, I, in view of what, what we're talking about, uh, I would uh, point out to our unnamed artist who was a big bigot. And I, I ended up like uh, a kind of like point, leaving is the only time that I've quit a tour or quit a show in the middle of the show due to the manager of the artist being completely aggressive to, towards me. And, and, and the point that, that I make with this is uh, it is hard and it is harder as a woman to interact in some of the aspects of, of the music industry in certain styles more than others uh, due to the uh, character and tradition of certain styles of being very machistic and very uh, male-oriented. And it, it, it makes it harder if you're a crew member in these uh, kind of circumstances. Uh, and the problem is it is really prevalent. So more than one, and, and I point that out, uh, you know, you have to... Uh, learn to respect yourself and make and transmit that respect to others. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can't, and there is nothing wrong to walking out. You know, there's so many other opportunities. If you face a brick wall, don't hit the brick wall until you're bleeding. Just walk away and look for a comfy couch. Uh, it, it is much better, you know, and, there, and I'm glad you say 5%, um, you know, like those figures change over time, and uh, one thing that I must say is I do think that there are so many more opportunities now, and we are making those opportunities bigger, and it is so important to reach out to other people and people who can mentor you, uh, hence the importance of organizations like Women in Music, like uh, Sound Girls, uh, who have empower and trying to empower and all of the work that we are doing com collectively to make the place more and the industry more uh, inclusive of not only women, but uh, people of the LGBTQ community and people of uh, minorities that might not uh, have the same opportunities as the uh, uh, regular sound guy image that you might imagine, you know. Uh, but I do think that it is important for you to respect yourself and make that respect transpire to other people. And it takes time to get that confidence, but I encourage everybody to do it. To look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm a warrior of the road and I'm going to go and conquer this world. 
Well, thank you so much. I couldn't agree with you more on those. And you two are definitely road warriors. I really appreciate that you took the time out. Again, we are sitting here with Willis Snow and with Juno Black from Austin, Texas. They are amazing sound women who are participating in helping the industry be more inclusive. Uh, we thank them for being part of soundgirls.org, which we're very excited to work with and supporting their mission. Well, ladies, thank you again so much for appearing on our podcast, Backstage Chats with Women in Music. And remember, folks, it's women like these who remind us to be dreamers, to be rule breakers, and that chicks rock too. Signing off. Hit the subscribe button and never miss an episode of Backstage Chats with Women in Music. This podcast is a production of the Backstage Chats Foundation, a nonprofit that is on a mission to eliminate gender disparity in the music industry by amplifying the voices and careers of women in music. You can make a difference by donating to the cause. Visit backstagechats.com and click the donate button today. This episode was produced by Allison Holly.